You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. Hello, this is Nick Briggs, the voice of the Daleks, and you're listening to Transmissions from Gallifrey, and I urge you to listen, or you will be exterminated! Geronimo! For God's sake, Gallifrey stands! the places you're doing in here. Over decorated. I don't like it. Couldn't I just manage a canine? Canine is a mere machine. He's a very sensitive machine. I'm the doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Castelbrus. I'm the doctor. These are my new best friends, Ryan, Graham and Yaz. Hey there, everybody. My name is JC Delatore. And I'm Rita Delatore. And with us, as always, is Dr. Scott Figuet. Say hello, Scott. Hello, everyone. And we also have a very special guest, one of the co-writers of the Wicked series, a best-selling uh, novel about, how about this, witches. Debbie Vigay joins us. Hello, everyone. And, of course, Debbie is our resident witch expert, since you've written how many books about witches now? <laughs> uh... Eight, I think. <laughs> Working on more. <laughs> so, so you're pretty well versed in the whole uh, witchy kind of thing, right? <laughs> I, that's one way to put it. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, before we get too far, uh, we always like to give a spoiler warning for our folks that are listening to our podcast, Transmissions from Gallifrey, for the first time. Spoilers. Uh, this podcast does indeed talk spoilers. We talk specific events that happen in this episode, episode eight of the series, uh, The Witchfinders. We will be talking about specific events within this particular episode. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't watched the episode yet, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast just yet. You might want to go watch it and then come back and listen to us later. So before we jump to The Witchfinders, uh, we always like to take a look back real quick. Um, Debbie, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the last episode, um, the Kerblam episode, but uh, Kerblam, Kerblam. <laughs> but Scott, did you uh, get a chance to rewatch it at all? Yes, I did. And any changes in feelings on the episode uh, from last week? Actually, uh, yeah, one minor one. Uh, I think the the doctor really needs to work on her persuasive uh, speeches because it's not working the way it used to. I, I don't know what's going on, but uh, a lot of times this season, you know, she's trying to convince somebody not to do something, and it's just not uh, not working. Yeah. Uh, what happens, like, with the, the guy from Kablam, she's so busy pointing out that the AI is more humane than he is, that it's not stopping him from doing what he's going to do. Right. And, you know, and they're making a big point about how, you know, he shouldn't do this, he shouldn't do this, and how evil it is. And then once it actually, uh, once he actually is killed... The, re the, the big takeaway from Kablam is, well, maybe we should have more humans, or maybe we should do all these things. So it's like, you know, if they told him uh, five minutes earlier he had a point, the, the character might live. I don't know. Yep. You know, uh, it's just, yeah, um, just weird, right? Yep, definitely. 
Uh, what about you, Rita? Any any other thoughts on Kerblam? Uh, um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it, but uh, I think Scott makes a really good point about that episode, though. Yeah. And that's it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really don't have anything to add either. Uh, uh, I don't really have any uh, changes in feelings about it. I thought it was a decent episode. I didn't think it was uh, one of the top episodes of the season. So uh, pretty much the, the same thoughts as, as we had last week. Um, Debbie, did you ever get a chance to watch the Kerblam episode? I did not watch the whole thing, now, so I can't really speak to it. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the Witch Finders. And I'm going to turn the floor over to Debbie Begay, our resident witch expert. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was an interesting episode for me because uh, King James is actually one of my heroes, one of the few okay. that I actually have. Um, he's a hero to me because he was the guy who said, I'm people need to be able to read the Bible for themselves and not trust that priests are telling them what it's really in it. He, he started a whole revelation, uh, revolution in that way where it wasn't, you know, what our understanding of God was not dictated to us by other people, but we were enabled to figure it out for ourselves. So he was in many ways, a lot more enlightened than they showed him in the episode. And that really kind of rubbed me a little wrong. He was a witch hunter, and he was a very noted demonologist. He wrote extensively on these topics. Mm -hmm. And um, I am myself a demonologist and an exorcist. And uh, he, some of his, some of his ideas are a little off from my perspective, but a lot of it is spot on when he talks about the demonology and things like that, mm -hmm. and the different kinds of uh, demonic spirits that walk the earth. So it, to see him actually be made a little bit of a buffoon, kind of hurt personally because i'm like you know the man actually is responsible for a lot of um western enlightenment honestly mm -hmm. and so even though he was had one foot in the supernatural realm at all times and it also kind of hurt because it you know i i'm i'm the fantasy fan and not the sci-fi fan so much so it's kind of like one of those reminders again that you know my point of view is not welcome in this version of doctor who whatsoever but I did love the fact that he was somewhat vindicated at the end when he burned the woman and the doctor was just glaring at him. He's like, what? She confessed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and yeah. what I found to be also troubling was what Scott was saying about the last episode. The doctor has lost the power of persuasion. Uh, it used to be that the doctor could be dropped into any situation and talk sense into somebody. Mm -hmm. And... I think what was kind of frustrating too is she didn't uh, make the effort to actually explain because the words she used were not getting through. She was like, mm -hmm. well, it's not from this world. Okay, then if it's not from this world, in his worldview, it's demonic. So you have right. to explain, no, I mean, it's from another planet, but she would never right. go that far. She's like, it, it fell from heaven. Well, angels fell from heaven. That's not helpful. Right. It's possessing somebody or filling somebody. And I'm like, and so do demons. And I'm yeah. like, at no point did she actually stop in all of her yelling and bashing of him and his worldview. She never stopped and said, these are creatures from a different world. They are not, you know, she just yelled, they're not demonic, but she used every demonic term in the book. Mm -hmm. So you're like, how was he supposed to be able to expand his worldview or learn or see her point of view if she couldn't actually articulate herself? And if she was only using the same words he was using, right. you know? So that was 
that was kind of frustrating. And I also was a little, so I mean, it was interesting because, you know, obviously witchcraft was never it. And uh, I think they came a lot closer to making witchcraft a thing, you know, in the uh, Shakespeare Code episode back in the, mm -hmm. you know, years ago, even though once again, it was aliens. <laughs> yep. At least they touched on the idea of word magic and things like that. Right. This, uh, this, you could say that there was an element of magic, but only in the fact that the of the lock and the door that was keeping all these beings trapped in the hill. And it, is that really a form of technology? In which case, it's keyed to their you know specific you know uh, energy as a species, or is it a form of magic that? But again, you know, advanced technology looks like magic. Yep. So that was the only thing where they really walked a line a little bit, and it was something that they glossed over really quickly. Yeah. Um, Rita, what about you? What did you think? Um, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I did find it very entertaining. Uh, with all of this insight from Debbie, though, it, it, it does kind of paint a whole different picture yep. on the episode. And as enjoyable as I found it, you know, I, I wanted to have that moment where, you know, the doctor had screamed to all these people, there's no such things as witches. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right? Right. Yeah. But yeah. that that moment kind of never happened. It's like, stop being stupid. Witches aren't real. Get over yourselves. Yep. And then uh, I think Debbie makes an excellent point in that uh, the way that they made King James out to be kind of, uh, not and I, I didn't, I won't, I don't think I uh, thought he was a buffoon, but it was more of where the doctor is superior to him intellectually just because she, uh, he believes in superstitions. And they took it from a view that demons don't exist, that witches don't exist, that uh, there is no, you know, spiritual evil in the world. It's all science, it's all aliens, it's all that kind of thing. So they mm -hmm. kind of took it from that uh, mm -hmm. prism. But I think they tried to make him look like more of a uh, just a superstitious idiot uh, that just doesn't understand, you know, technology. And I kind of agree that that King James was a bit more than that. I mean, he was a lot more than that. You know, he understood a lot of the things in the world a lot more efficiently than a lot of people in that time period. Uh, he, he I think he had a, a better understanding of uh, not only his people, but also just the, the two different types of worlds around us, you know? So I, I, I kind of agree with you on that where they didn't really do justice by him. I, I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think so. And the doctor, I mean, it would have been nice given that we're trying to see in her, the doctor we've always had, it would have been nice if there had been one moment where she mentioned that she might have met Satan in the Satan bit, or you know, she, <laughs> right? she met she met something demonic once, but she doesn't right. know what that is, and it couldn't yeah. possibly be what she thought it was. I mean, nothing. So it's, even her own experience has come across something she couldn't explain that seemed pretty darn demonic, you know, yeah. as far as a human understanding of that term. And I think that right there is where we have the the weakness that. We don't. We have writers that have never written Doctor Who before because I have a feeling that the writer d didn't really know about the Satan pit. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's an unfortunate. Well, well, think about it. If Moffat was still the showrunner, he would have made sure the writer knew. Yeah. About the Satan pit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I haven't I haven't gone to Scott yet. So Scott, what was your take on on the episode and what we've talked about so far? Well, I I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I you know I've been really. Uh, appreciative of the uh, time 
travel episodes when they go in the mm -hmm. past. Yeah. Uh, so so production-wise, I thought this was really great. I love the guest cast. I thought that was really, really good. And I, I agree with everybody about King James, but he did have a few moments where he held his own. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when um, when they're talking about masks and, you know, who are you really? Uh, you know, he's the one that says, oh, just like you used the word uh, doctor. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Yep. And, and they kind of put the doctor in her place a little bit, which is kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. I also thought that if you were going to have an episode where she's condescended to, this was the time to do it. Because yes. um, if you did this in episode two, uh, it would you'd be sitting there going like, oh, dear God, you're going through the checklist. Okay, let's get this out of the way. But now that we do this in episode eight of a 10-episode season, it seems like, okay, now it's the time to do it. Plus, yeah. it's also his historically more accurate to do it, so that right. was good. Um, so I liked that. Uh, I liked how they, they, they dealt with it, too. Um, but, you know, for me, the, the first uh, moment where I went, oh, what, what's going on here? Uh, you know how I said I liked how in the Demons of Punjab that you were, um, they said don't interfere with history, and then they didn't have the companion do it, because that would be too much like Rose. Mm -hmm. but, but that over time, slowly but surely, the Doctor decided to interfere, right? Right. And I thought that was a, a good way to do it. Here, you can see the Doctor having just told everybody, don't interfere no matter how bad it is. Yep. And she, she's literally squirming. Yep. Just can't, can't itch, but can't control herself but to interfere. Yep. I mean, that's within a second of each other. What the heck is that about? Yeah. Right? That, 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 that is a little confusing because uh, it's, it's definitely some mixed signals going on there. Don't do this. Oh, wait a minute. Five seconds later, we're going to do it. Yeah, then she's swimming to save the, save the woman. Yeah, it's like, what it was are you doing? Because Graham is the one holding back the two the two younger characters, you know, going, right? no, no. <laughs> Every episode, Graham looks more like the doctor, you know, <laughs> and acts more like the doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, weird. I mean, you know, she just finished telling everybody, don't do this. Yes. And then and then she literally has a compulsion to interfere. Now, I mean, I I, I would have preferred the companion fall at that point, because really at yeah. that point, you're, you're sitting there going like, what's going on with the doctor there? I mean, yeah. I understand the need to protect the innocent, but, you know, what was with the whole speech yeah. two seconds and, and earlier? What, what's the point of it, right? Right. <laughs> well, and she didn't protect the innocent. It's, a, it's just another example of there were two people that she could have saved if she'd been any other doctor, and they both died. Yeah, but I kind of like the fact that she couldn't save them because it just shows that, you know, this is things are not going her way. You know, I, I, so I kind of like that it didn't work out. Because had she been able to rescue the grandmother, that would have been... Uh, I don't know what they would have gone with that. You know what yeah. I mean? So, But I, I like the uh, not-mud creatures. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and but I, I really do think that for me, uh, you know, I'm uh, the reason this is not a 10 for me is because the Doctor should not have tried to lay on 21st century morality into King James and the people surrounding them. Right. I mean, find some other way to relate, to get it across. Yeah. But this goes right back to the previous episode. You know, telling them that they, you know... I mean, the Doctor said in this episode, knowledge has to be earned. Well, mm -hmm. that's where experience comes from, right? So you can't just tell them the answer's X. Right. You know, you have to show them why. And I think that in other episodes, the Doctor has done that better than others. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you, if you think back to Tooth and Claw, you know, where he was talking to Queen Victoria and he was able to break it down so that Queen Victoria could understand, you know, what is going on in this situation. 
he couldn't do that with King James for some reason. No, or she she couldn't do that. Excuse me. Yeah, she it's because she didn't she didn't try to actually be logical and to step him through it. She just was acting out of pure emotion and, like yeah. I said, repeating herself. And I'm like, if he doesn't get what you're saying, or if it's too similar to his own ideology, the way you're expressing it, that's when you need to change it up. Yeah. I mean, I also thought the writers missed a step, uh, an obvious step that they could have taken because uh, uh, Shakespeare uh, used the demonology that King James wrote when he was working on Macbeth. Right. You know, and so there's another connection where the Doctor has met you know Shakespeare, and there were was witch-like activity happening, and it's yep. like. There's so many ways they could have connected this to the doctor's past. And actually, if they had, it might have allowed the doctor to be a little bit more nuanced with how she was trying to relate to him. Yeah, very much, yeah, very much so. That's a great point, Debbie, because, uh, I mean, there was some great connections that they could have established. But just because they don't know Doctor Who the way that, you know, regular writers that have been writing for Doctor Who for a long time, uh, they, they don't have that, that backstory or that connection to the past. Uh, and those opportunities just kind of get missed. Well, and I think also there was this desire to make sure you got to the point where the doctor was going to be dunked, right? Yeah. yeah right. And, and, and no matter how persuasive the doctor normally is, we're just going to make it so everything we're, falls on deaf ears, right? Yep, we're dunking her anyway, because, yeah. you know, that's how, that's how backwards they were back then. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, put the sonic screwdriver magic wand away, right? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh. It'd be nose blind. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but overall, though, I, I liked the episode a lot. I it just this this character trait of this doctor, uh, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, you know, the whole point about how, oh, there are no villains, there's no heroes. That's not how people really are. But if you want me to defeat evil, release me now. Why? So she can yep. go be the hero? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah. the point, right? Yeah, and I will say, uh, I, I thought, other than, you know, the annoyance of, of the King James character, I did really enjoy this episode. I, I I enjoyed the pace of it. I thought the cinematography was awesome. They really captured the time period. I thought the writers did a pretty good job at writing a sci-fi story. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they did a good job of, at justifying the characters, you know, but they I think they did a good job of capturing a little bit of the hysteria of the time period as well. Overall, I thought they did a, a fairly good job, just kind of a disservice to King James, as we talked about. But I did like the episode. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, Debbie, save us. <laughs> oh, no. No, I I liked aspects of it. I loved that they actually brought in King James and that he was, you know, they what they did capture about him really well was his rampant curiosity. Yeah. When he's wanting to know how the Sonic works, that that is King James because yeah. he didn't. For him, it wasn't enough in you know in reality to say, "Oh, there's demons. Oh, there's the work of Satan." He had to break it down, show what they did, show the types of demons there are, show the the tools that they used. Because over and over, he wanted a people to understand that these things are real, and b to know how to protect themselves. And so the fact that he was he was saying, I need to know everything about how the enemy functions, basically, was, uh, I thought, very true to form. And I liked that. And it wasn't just that, oh, it's a magic wand. Don't touch it. It was like, no, explain to me how it works. <laughs> yeah. Which then goes to the weakness where she should have explained to him how it worked. Yeah. You know? um, so uh, you had, what, what did you want to say, Rita? 
Um, with the show, I think one of the things I found the most entertaining was probably the mud creatures, mm -hmm. especially when they started possessing bodies. We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, the possessing bodies thing was very creepy. Uh, when all of a sudden we turn around and we see Grandma. Yeah. Uh, they're looking like the chick from the ring. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was a very, very good look for the monster yeah. of the week, and it was very creepy. And, yeah, that was pretty creepy right there. Way to go, Doctor Who. Make mud scary. <laughs> <laughs> With the rainy season coming up. I oh, know, right? Yes. And, and I have to say kudos to this episode for taking a witch story and making it British. I mean, it could yes. so e could so easily have been Salem, and you're like, oh, yeah. that that was you know? a relief, actually. Yeah. Yes, it was a very very big relief for those of us that are writing other time travel shows that are going to be going back to Salem. Yes, um. exactly. <laughs> but it was also nice. Uh, one of the things I liked about it was the fact that, and I could have actually played on this to help the Doctor get over the don't interfere thing. When Graham was saying, you know, there's no, he's been on all these witch tours and there's nothing about this area. Yeah, know, that was cool. That was cool. And then that shows you something is missed, but then it turns out it is his, you know, it is in their timeline, but they don't know about it because King James promised to erase it from, you know, all memories so that right. uh, this wouldn't happen again, basically. So people wouldn't go mucking around in that area and raise mud uh, monsters. Uh, yep, raise yep. mud monsters. And I also one one of the things I did like for what they did with with the King James character was uh, they didn't uh, over centralize the uh, the the homosexual aspect of King James, where they didn't put it out there as prevalent. So because I mean there's all the rumors and stuff about was he or wasn't he you know that there is the story that he he may have had uh, a favorite that that he called uh, a male that that he called his wife you know there's there's a lot of those stories that are out there about king james and they didn't hit you over the head with it with his particular character although they alluded to him you know kind of kind of making eyes towards ryan so but yeah. but i like the way they handled that yeah yeah and um it, it, i mean if they were going to go into it further they needed to actually go into it further Mm -hmm. You know, and and show that even in that way, you know, he saw himself as uh, David and uh, the guy in question as uh, being closer than a brother, like Jonathan is described in the Bible. Right. And so, but yeah, I was I was glad they didn't take it further than they did because that was not the point. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And there's been a lot of criticism about Doctor Who this year of being too political and too, you know, out there with, with that kind of stuff. So uh, the fact that they kept it kind of subtle, but, you know, still allowed you to to understand that that might have been part of his character. I, I thought they, they played that pretty well. Yeah, it wasn't wrong to include it, but it mm -hmm. wasn't like a major aspect of a thing. And, yeah. Exactly. And I, and they, I, didn't, they didn't make it a thing. And, that, and that, yeah. I think that's what it needed to be. Right, and I liked how I like how Ryan reacted and 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 the uh, connection that he made with King James. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. and I I loved that when the doctor held up the the psychic paper to him, he saw a witch hunter assistant. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> the, like, wow. Because <laughs> I guess in his mind he is uh, male chauvinistic. Well, no, that's just the time. That's the time, but yeah, it's no. A, it yeah. Is, it was almost like it was so funny because it's like wow it actually the psychic paper actually twisted past what she wanted 
You know, yeah. it was just hilarious. Yep. Which witch hunter's assistant? Because it, a woman couldn't possibly be my witch hunter. I know, right? Because <laughs> there was no way that the king's mind was ever going to comprehend the fact that it was her, that she was going to be the witch hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I thought that Graham, uh, I thought that Graham did a fantastic job, even like, you know, when he was talking to the, the woman and beforehand, he's like, oh, yes, you've come in for special measures. You know, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, and he's just, he was just taking everything so in stride and dealing with what came at him as it came at him. Yeah. And I, I felt like he's, he really was the level head of the episode. And that was kind of refreshing. Yeah. But I did like that King James had, you know, both had good moments with both the doctor and Ryan as far as really opening up and yep. you know, being being a real person. Yeah, I mean, when when King James talks about uh, his past and talking about how, you know, almost everybody who's ever been important to him has died yeah. or been killed. Uh, no wonder he doesn't trust everybody. Yeah. No, no wonder he sees demons in every, in every shadow. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, I, I thought that that was a uh, a. a and when they did it, they didn't make him sound like an idiot, which was yes. nice. Yeah, exactly. All right, folks. So we just wanted to mention real quick that we do have two new shows that are going to be starting very soon on the transmissions from, Atla uh, from Atlantis Entertainment Network. They are both full cast audio dramas. Uh, one is called The Vampires of Whitechapel. It is going to be a horror podcast. Um, not family friendly. It will not be family friendly. So parental discretion is advised. And in addition to that, we will also have our own time travel show called Continuum Force, which is kind of like Stargate meets Doctor Who. So that's the best way to kind of describe Continuum <laughs> Force. So, so yeah, we have those two shows that are coming. And if you want to support a lot of the things that we're trying to accomplish with the transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network, you can always support us as a patron on our Patreon account. You can access Patreon at patreon.com slash TFA Entertainment. And by doing so, you get access to all this behind-the-scenes stuff. You'll get access to exclusive patreon only episodes and episodes without commercials episodes without commercials all kinds of cool stuff so definitely check that out before we go we definitely have to rate this particular episode so rita i'm gonna start with you what do you rate this episode eh, i think i'll give it an eight yeah yeah it, it was definitely an entertainment uh filled episode i i wouldn't call it the greatest episode this season uh, but it was pretty cool. I yep. liked it. The, the historical ones have been pretty strong this season. Yeah, the, the historical ones have been the better episodes. I'm also going to give it an 8 because, like I said, I really enjoyed the pace to the episode. I enjoyed the historical aspects of it. I thought the monsters were great. The Doctor left a little bit to be desired, but I think she's... I think a lot of it kind of fit well. So the only aspect that I didn't like was the King James aspect, which we've covered already, but, and that's why it, it didn't rate a little bit higher with me, but I, I think eight's a good number for it because I thought it was a really good episode for this season. Scott, how about you? Yep. Uh, eight for me too. Uh, uh, a enjoyable episode. I've already seen it twice. Uh, and I know that it'll be one that I'll watch again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very, very, very happy with how they're doing the time travel episodes. So fantastic. Yep. All right, Debbie, uh, you get the last word on this particular episode. <laughs> and it's going to shock people, I'm sure. Okay. It, I rate it for for this series, season series of Doctor Who. Um, I'm rating it in comparison to everything else they've done. I do not like what some of the things they did with King James. I thought the Doctor was weak, but I actually give this episode a nine. Ooh, nice. Yes. 
if you're going to watch one episode this season, watch this one. All right, cool. And the creep uh, value was off the charts. Yes. yes. Shouldn't this should have been the, the Halloween episode? This should have been the Halloween right? episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100% on that, because this one was a heck of a lot more creepier than that, that last episode. Yeah, yeah, spiders or whatever. Yeah, the, the yeah. spider ones. Well, I, I, Rita, I think you'll disagree with that because the spider scared the crap out of you. But uh, for the rest of us, it was just kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah, this would have definitely been a much better Halloween episode. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this particular episode of Transmissions from Gallifrey. And uh, Scott, say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Debbie. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. And we always end with LNZ. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, what? You didn't have me say Alonzi. All right. Go ahead. Alonzi. Alonzi. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> the hell, man? You just forgot about me. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you? You got to keep that in because that was funny. Yeah, that's great. Alonzi. <laughs> <laughs> I should say Alonzi more like Alonzi. Look sharp, Rose Tyler. Alonzi. And then it'd be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo because then I could say Alonzi, Alonzo every time. broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder.